Hey everyone, welcome to the industry show. I'm your host, Nitin Bajaj, and joining me today is Yusuf Albanavi. Yusuf, welcome on the show. Thanks for having me, Nitin. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure is all ours. So tell us who's Yusuf. Yeah, well, um, as you mentioned, I am I am Yusuf Albanawi, and uh, I uh, co-founded a company called Pilive, uh, which aims to prevent opioid abuse and addiction. Uh, I think it's really interesting that as entrepreneurs, we always tie ourselves to the work that we do, and I think it's it's really important to be emotionally invested uh, in what you're doing, especially as a as a founder. But I think uh, to answer your question, who is Yusuf? Um, I think there's a lot that goes into it, but uh, uh, I consider myself uh, an immigrant entrepreneur, uh, originally uh, from uh, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, which uh, for those who, those of you who are not familiar with, with where, it, where it is in Saudi Arabia, it's uh, on the West Coast uh, by the Red Sea. Uh, so I was raised by the sea, always, uh, you know, was connected to, uh, to, to, the, to the sea and to the ocean. So, um, kind of view Jeddah as kind of the LA of Saudi Arabia. We're more laid back, uh, more at ease, but uh, I, uh, and uh, you know, I got into, into the space uh, kind of by coincidence in a way, um, you know, I'm, I'm very open with, with my story and, uh, and, you know, in hopes of destigmatizing, um, you know, addiction, because um, it's, it's, it's such a global pandemic, but I, I once struggled with it myself. And, uh, you know, as a young man, uh, you know, from, you know, with Arab roots, it's, it's definitely not easy to talk about it, but, uh, you know, I realized that I was definitely one of the lucky ones and, uh, had overcome it. And, uh, you know, while I was in the U S studying, found myself, uh, you know, really working at a treatment center and that's where I was exposed to the opiate crisis at large. But, um, you know, I, I definitely view myself as, as someone that, uh, you know, works with their emotions on their sleeves, so to speak. Um, I, I try to lead with passion. And, uh, and, and so, you know, I'm honored to, you know, to be working on, on a cause that that's really close to my heart, but, but also is a global issue that, that, you know, my company is equipped uh, at solving. Yeah. And thank you for sharing your story. I know it's, it's not easy, but also thank you for doing what you're doing because we do need we all as a community need help. And, uh, you know, so tell us, tell us a little more about Believe. Yeah, sure. Uh, I actually have it with me. I, I like to keep, uh, keep yes. props. Uh, yep. And, uh, you know, this is just one part of it, but to, to take a step back, uh, Believe is a digital health solution that uh, is focused on preventing opioid abuse and addiction. And so we developed a medication safety system that uh, monitors medication usage in real time, uh, as well as pain and symptoms, uh, and is the quickest way to identify at-risk patients that are currently prescribed controlled medications. What that means is anytime a patient dispenses a, a pill uh, through the, their mobile app that connects to the model, um, we're able to collect that information and provide it back to physicians in real time. And uh, our portal basically, um, you know, identifies if a patient takes more than prescribed. And so, you know, we believe that our system is not just for addiction prevention, but rather helping patients be empowered with uh, their healthcare, with their medication, especially now in a, in a, in a world where, uh, you know, 
kind of COVID exposed some of the issues that we've always had with health, with healthcare. I think one of them is, uh, you know, allowing patients to gain access to, to their, to their health, uh, but also bridging the gap between uh, the provider in the hospital the, or the clinic and the patient at home. And so we've, we believe that most of a patient's health is based in their homes. It, 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 you know, they're, you know, taking part in a treatment plan and a prescription plan at home. So, why not bridge it and, and provide that information in real time? So um, in a nutshell, that's belief. So true. And, you know, what you're bringing in is the ability to have that social infrastructure around, right? One, giving them access, but also bringing in accountability with it. I, I love that part. So tell us the, you know, the size and scale of your operations. I believe you guys have been at it for a few years. Give us a little more perspective. Yeah, you, you, you've... Uh... You're right in that we've been we've been at it, uh, you know, for almost four years now, three and a half years to be specific. But you know, as you know, healthcare's long haul. Uh, first two years was just really research and development, and uh, I believe that actually set us uh, apart from uh, potential competitors because we really, really uh, were very, very bullish on identifying uh, who our customers were, but also the issues that they were facing. Uh, and so we were very clear at identifying three unique stakeholders. Uh, the patient, the pharmacist, and the physician. Mm -hmm. And so first two years was just, you know, really bullish on customer discovery, customer validation. And then really we spent the last year um, develop, uh, rolling out this, the first generation of our device. So this is what we call the Gen 2, mm -hmm. uh, the Gen 2 device. And we rolled it out early 2020 uh, with about four, uh, four hospitals. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've all passed IRB, uh, IRB approvals. Uh, they include uh, OHSU in Oregon, uh, Johns Hopkins, and uh, UW in Seattle. And, um, um, you know, patients being enrolled in the studies could surpass 500, uh, hopefully by the end of the year. And uh, we are uh, a month out from rolling out our, our next generation of the device, which will be much more reliable in terms of dispensing. Uh, will actually fit with uh, different medications. Uh, so not just uh, certain specific opioids, but different medication classes. So really opening up our market. Um, and uh, from a team perspective, we're plus or minus 15. And, uh, you know, from where we started, my co-founder and I, Gotham, uh, you know, when we met down in uh, in Durham, North Carolina, about three years ago to where we are today, it's, it's definitely uh, been an eye-opening experience and, and really humbling. And exciting, I'm sure. Yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. <laughs> yes. In terms of, you know, when, when we look at healthcare, it's, and, and you kind of mentioned it, it's uh, nothing is short term, right? There is multiple challenges. And if you were to pick the biggest challenge that you guys are facing right now, what would that be? Yeah, no, you said it. Uh, I think patient safety, uh, prioritizing uh, our patients and also that of um, of our investors and our partners and our eagerness to grow. Uh, I think for any startup, uh, you know, momentum, a lack of momentum kills you. Mm -hmm. And we're very aware of that. But at the same time, as a digital health company that is very patient centric, where you have a hardware device, you have a software solution, you have clinical data being captured, you have potential risks, mm -hmm. uh, but also huge rewards. Uh, you have to be aware of those risks and prioritize patient safety. So I think, say, I wouldn't call it a challenge, but the, the biggest thing that we're looking out for is, you know, how do we scale up safely 
right. rather than uh, you know uh, leveraging the mode, you know, Silicon Valley motto of you know yeah. uh, uh, scale fast and, and break things. Break things. We, we can't really break things, but, but but we definitely still have that start. We're startup minded. We, you know, we're 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 very scrappy. Um, so it's it's all about balancing those uh, those two different aspects. So true. And on the flip side, you know, you started talking about maybe some opportunities. What is the biggest opportunity you're looking at? Yeah, yeah. You know, just last year there were over 30 million patients that were prescribed an opioid uh, after a surgery. So, uh, you know, even though the opioid crisis is is you know currently, you know, is, is something that is prioritized uh, in the healthcare industry today. There's still a lot of potential issues um, that, that come with it. So, and these thirty uh, million are just in the U.S. Just in the U.S. Just in the that's U.S. And that's ten percent of the population. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and that's just within an acute pain population. So that's not including chronic pain patients wow. that are prescribed, you know, opioids regularly. So we also believe that pain pain medications are there for a reason. It's just that over the last two decades, they've been prescribed haphazardly. But a lot of the patients that we work with, are tr they're truly in pain, they need it. So how do we ensure that they you know, are taking it safely versus cutting them off? So I would say the opportunity is being truly, a, be, being a middle ground solution. You know, Right now, over the last four years, as we rolled, rolled out strategies to mitigate the opioid crisis, we've gone too aggressive. We, we kind of went, went on the opposite direction of the pendulum and, and that's caused a lot of issues such as chronic pain patients uh, committing suicide, uh, you know, lack lack of proper uh, treatment plans, and providers actually being scrutinized and, and some uh, falsely flagged, and you know, losing their licenses. So it's 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 caused actually a massive ripple effect, and now the CDC and and local uh, state um, uh, governments are, are are kind of you know, asking themselves, you know, is this the right strategy? So we really believe that we, we have a middle ground solution that is equipped at, at, you know, maintaining medication safety. You're right. I mean, on one end, you know, these, the people who are going through these procedures, the process of the pain do need relief, but how do you make sure it's safe and allow them to be responsible about administering these, uh, you know, opioids? And, uh, you know, it makes me almost think about, you know, the last four years, you said a lot of time was spent in researching and kind of trying to figure out the how, right? Uh, are there any lessons learned or, you know, insights that helped you scale or gain traction in a, in a certain direction? Yeah, tons, tons. I would say the, the, the first one is, um is prioritizing the patient actually. You know, we've always believed that our solution fell in line with that of uh, care providers. Like the data that we are collecting, uh, how we're collecting it and who we're reporting it back to, whether it's a provider, the physician, uh, whoever's involved in the patient's life is, is very, very useful. How we interacted with the patient was always a question mark. There was always solutions mm -hmm. out there that tried to do what we did like lock boxes these large, you know, pill dispensers that, you know, prevented people from accessing it or even a safe for that matter. You know, some providers actually tell their patients, Hey, put this in a safe. Um, and, you know, as, as far as, you know, the most rudimentary way of, of, of identifying risk, which is pill counts, literally a patient 
mm-hmm. bringing a patient back into the clinic and, and counting out the pills, which, which is in this day and age is, is, you know, is, is inefficient. So that was the biggest insight was how do we create a system that tailors to every stakeholder? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's very nuanced, but it's actually really, really difficult. And I, I really believe that's what's setting us apart and has allowed us to really gain momentum in this space over the last three years. And so not designing something that is a lockbox, mm-hmm. but also that is safe, right? So only the patient can access it through the smartphone and the design element of it, how it fits with, you know, the RX model that, you know, pharmacies, pharmacies can easily adapt it and integrate it uh, just by buying our, our device and twisting it, on, twisting it on and, you know, putting in the labels right here. So it integrates well into each stakeholder's uh, life, but specifically the patient, when you compare it to potential competitors that are trying to do what we're doing, a lot of them are focused on making it a lockbox and not prioritize, prioritizing the patient. We invite the patient into, uh, into belief. They, they're a big stakeholder. And if we don't empower them, and if they're not empowered you know, using belief, then the data is the not going to make sense. It's not going to be valuable. And so I, I believe that's really the biggest, biggest insight that we've collected. Yep, customer first. And, you know, the other thing is I love the, the form factor, the design. It's so user-friendly and it shows that you're thinking of the customer first. So kudos and to we're you. We're going to make it smaller. So the next, the next generation is actually going to be half of this. So wow. we're, we're going to shrink it. We're going to shrink it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty small as is. So going half of that, that's... I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm on a look at it as soon as it's available. Definitely. So let's switch gears now. Let's get to know you a little better. Uh, and we want to do this through a series of one-line life lessons. I would love for you to share a few of those with us. For sure. Uh, it was actually one of the hardest things that I've, uh, that I've done uh, this year. Uh, so, uh, I appreciate the opportunity of also helping me reflect on, on, you know, what are the things that not only make me, me, but what are the things that I've learned that maybe I can, um, you know, share it with, with your audience and maybe they, you know, maybe they can take away a few things. Yes. I will say that I have a lot of things to still learn. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely young. I'm young. I'm still young, but uh, I'd like to also say that I've gone through certain experiences in life that have shaped me and uh, like many, but, I think one, to me, one thing that really resonates with me is this notion of uh, not trying to change the world too quickly, but starting from within. I feel like, especially amongst my generation, um, you know, young, you know, up and coming uh, millennials that are early in their career, there's this really, they're drawn to, and you know, I myself included, we're drawn to this notion of making a large impact. And if we're not making impact, then we're not really advancing in our career or we're not in the right place. I, I, I personally disagree with that. I, I believe that, you know, you have to start from within and it doesn't have to be within yourself per se, um, but also, but more importantly, your circle, uh, you know, that could be your family members, your friends, making sure that they have what they need, that you're solving problems at a small scale. Mm-hmm. It could be personal. It could be familial. It could be friend and then branching out. Uh, so there's an old proverb that uh, it's uh, used here in, in the Middle East and basically encapsulates this. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in it. Um, you know, start small and, 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 and grow. It's the same thing you take and apply it to a startup. You know, I think mm-hmm. when you try to scale too quickly, you're probably going to run into problems. If you're not solving for 
select group of users, a select group of customers first, uh, you're, you're really not, uh, you haven't identified your target market, right? Sure. So uh, I think it's something that applies to a lot of, a lot of different sure. things in your life. Yes. Is there another lesson you would like to share with us? Yeah. Um, another one that recently really, uh, I was exposed to and, and, you know, unfortunately it had to be a tough experience, but nevertheless, uh, uh, something that we all go through is recently, uh, I lost a very close person to me, a loved one. And, uh, I think to me, it's usually your idols are often sitting across the room from you. <laughs> We're always drawn to, you know, celebrities, uh, you know, entrepreneurs that have made it in life and we try to take from them their lessons and i think they're important but but there are also a lot of people that are close to you that you can learn from it could be your mail you know the person that's dropping off you know mail to your to your house every day it could be person you know uh taking care of the streets you know it doesn't have to be this this you know renowned uh, epic, uh character yeah. right and and so and so it takes a level of awareness, I believe, to, to really understand that. And, and so you don't have to go too far to, to you know, receive wisdom and, and, and learn from other people. So I, it goes back to the notion of starting from within. I um, love that, by the way. It, you know, there is, there is something to learn from everyone, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, you said it the best. I mean, you, you don't have to look for larger than life role models. They're all around us. Yep, exactly. I have a few actually written. Uh, yeah, yes, we would love those. Speak. <clears throat> I think this to me was uh, is definitely important, especially in the startup phase. You know, for for those that are are thinking of building a startup, especially if it's outside of your domain. I, I personally had really <laughs> not a lot of experience in healthcare before starting to leave, and so. Uh, you know, to some investors, it, it may may raise a red flag, but uh, in fact, I believe, uh, you know, if you're passionate and, and you love what you do, you're going to find the answers. Uh, you're you're going to find other people to help you find the answers. But I, I really believe that every uh, every expert was once a beginner, and so this okay. notion of you 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 know, we're always we as as founders especially, we're always told to, or or we always feel like we have to have all the answers, and mm -hmm. it's very overwhelming, and, and it could get to you. And so I think just reminding yourself that every you know expert was once a beginner at least gives you peace of mind that you have a lot to learn, and you, you're still striving, right? And so don't feel daunted, you know, if you're in the room and you you know you, you get imposter syndrome. I mean, to this day, you yes. know, I'm talking to really smart people in the space, you know, physicians, researchers that you know have decades of experience in the space, and and you know at first it definitely was very intimidating. Um, I still feel some level of it, but I think it's just to me, I just sit there today and um, I'm at peace with it because I appreciate the moment. I appreciate the opportunity of being able to, to be in this position and speak with all these bright people, but, but also, you know, knowing your strength and, 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 you know, owning the room, uh, you know, you're there for a reason and, and, you know, don't feel daunted by it. So beautifully said. And I think, you know, in, in addition to that, it's also a reminder that Part of the fun is in the journey of learning and figuring out new things. If you knew it all, then it won't be as much fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that brings me to, to my, my fourth uh, viewpoint is tr trust the process. 
as you said, enjoy the journey, but also trust the process. Uh, I think to me, it required a a lot of spirituality to be able to go through all the challenges uh, that that startups face, uh, just humans in general, but doing what you have to do, what's in your control, but what's outside of your control, you know, you have to trust the process. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and because if you don't, it's, it's going to be really overwhelming. Uh, just knowing that the path that you're on, uh, you're there for a reason, uh, you know, be purpose driven. And I, I think that's honestly 50% of, of the problem being solved right there. Yeah. No, and it takes, it takes a lot of maturity and wisdom to realize that and then to be able to follow it. So kudos to you for, for getting there you know, I, I know you said you've had some personal experiences that have put you on the path, but being able to realize that and being able to share that back with the community, kudos to you. Thank you. Yes, lastly, um, and uh, I was trying to find uh, the best way to, to, to phrase uh, this viewpoint, but uh, to those who believe that UFOs built the pyramids, uh, nothing against you, but, uh, you know, uh, it's the people who built the pyramids, right? It's the people who built the pyramids. And so to me, this is really important right now because I'm, I'm, I'm far away from my team. You know, I'm back home uh, with my family and, you know, with all the COVID restrictions and lockdowns, I'm not able to be there with them. But I believe that the, the, the years that have been invested uh, in, in the people that I work with, uh, it gives me the privilege and the ability to be here um, because you know, at the end of the day, if you don't have uh, people that, you know, trust you and you trust them working with you, um, I don't think great things will come. I, I think every great company uh, invested in their people. Uh, and so, you know, if you if, if you do that, uh, I think you'll be in a really good position. And, and, it, and it, it, it's not just for your company, but I mean, more importantly, for your just the relationships that you have with your family or friends. Then the day we're all people, we, we you know, we're, we're emotional, we're logical, you know, and, and if you treat people as, as the way you want to be treated, uh, you know, I think you've, you've come a long way. So uh, I think uh, that's it in terms of uh, words of wisdom on my end. And, uh, you know, again, it's, it's a great opportunity to be here. Yusuf, I know for, for sure you're a great leader. And, you know, what you just shared with us that the, building that trust and allowing people to show their strengths is a sign of a great leader. So congratulations to you and to your team for, you know, you guys have taken on a significant challenge and I see no reason why you won't succeed at it. Thank you. means a lot. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks for making the time to be with us and to share your journey with our audience. We would love to continue to stay in touch with you and uh, see see you guys as you achieve greater heights. Thank you, Nathan. Appreciate it. Our pleasure. Thanks, Yusuf. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye.